Welcome to the Mass Device Fast 5 MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Jim Hamrand, filling in for Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. We've got some interesting news to dive into today, so Sean, what are we going to be talking about? Today, we'll talk about another insulin pump integrating with the Dexcom G7, a new leader in the corner office at Distal Motion, FDA clearance for a new blood collection device from BD, the breakdown of a major acquisition in the diabetes space, and a large med tech company's plans to spin off its critical care business. All right, a lot of news today. What's the first thing we need to know to start our day? First thing is that Beta Bionics has integrated Dexcom's G7 into its Islet Bionic Pancreas. It's the second integration of this nature in as many days as Tandem Diabetes Care launched its pump with the G7 yesterday, as we spoke about on yesterday's episode. Yeah, a lot of attention on that uh, Tandem story, uh, but I'm not familiar with the Islet system. What is that system? How does it work? Isla is, like the Tandem system, an autonomous insulin delivery system. It received FDA clearance in May. It uses an adaptive closed-loop algorithm that initializes with the user's body weight and requires no additional insulin dosing parameters, removing the need to manually adjust insulin pump therapy settings and variables. And it also has a meal announcement feature that takes out the burden of carb counting. Okay, and how can Isla users access this uh, next-generation Dexcom technology? So similar to the way Tandem is doing it, Beta Bionics is offering a firmware update. Users can update their Islet to integrate with the Dexcom G7 at no additional cost for new hardware. The upgrade can be downloaded from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store, available December 18th. And once updated, they can change the firmware on their Islet and select their CGM. Okay. And what's the management saying about the news? Sean Saint, Beta Bionics CEO, said the company appreciates the partnership with Dexcom and their speed and adaptability. He said once the company established its timeline, it was able to integrate, test, and launch with Dexcom G7 in only four months. He called it a clear testament to teams working in unison with a common goal of providing the latest technology to help users manage their diabetes with less work and less burden. All right, then. What's the next story we need to know about? Distal Motion has appointed a new CEO. This new leader of the surgical robotics company has 20-plus years of medtech experience. So who's the CEO and what uh, what have they been up to previously? Greg Roche joins as CEO with experience across laparoscopic surgery, endoscopic visualization, and surgical robotics. Most recently, he was CEO at Avatera Medical, a soft tissue robotics company. Before that, he was global president of robotics and technology at Zimmer Biomet, leading the global launch of the Rosa robotic knee system and helping to deliver growth. So obviously some significant experience in surgical robotics there. He also had U.S. commercial and leadership posts at Stryker. So he's been around in medtech for, for quite a while and with some big names. So this is a big hire for Distal Motion. No kidding. So what's on his plate at Distal Motion? Well, he'll join the company's board of directors and lead U.S. and European expansion initiatives for the Dexter Surgical Robot, helping with the next phase of Distal Motion's growth. He takes over for Michael Friedrich, who remains with Distal Motion as the company's chief operating officer. There's so many surgical robotic systems out there right now. So can you tell us more about Distal Motion and their Dexter Surgical Robotic? Yeah, Dexter is a robotic platform that easily integrates into clinical practice, requires no additional infrastructure, fits into every clinical setting, and features mobility for sharing across departments, according to Distal Motion. Institutions can then scale their robotics programs across surgical disciplines, enhancing the standard of care. Friedrich once said that Dexter allows for what he called on-demand robotics, enabling best-in-class minimally invasive care, giving surgeons access to the benefits of both robotic and laparoscopic surgery. All right. Thanks, Sean. What are we going to talk about next? The FDA cleared a new blood collection device from BD. BD says this could potentially transform diagnostic testing. Interesting. So what's the new system? How does it work? 
The BD Mini Draw Novel Capillary Blood Collection Device is a minimally invasive device that obtains blood samples from a finger stick, producing lab-quality results for commonly ordered blood tests. It received clearance for low-volume blood collection for a lipid panel, select chemistry tests, and hemoglobin and hematocrit testing. All right. And what sets this particular system apart from traditional blood collection methods? It's less invasive compared to traditional venous blood drawing, according to BD, and it produces quality results from a fraction of the volume compared to those traditional methods. Plus, it doesn't require a phlebotomist to use, unlocking convenience as it can be used in accessible places like retail pharmacies and grocery stores. You don't have to go to an actual phlebotomist and do that all in a doctor's office type of setting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this, uh, this came out of BD as part of a partnership, right? Yeah, BD actually plans to expand the blood tests enabled by this device in the future as the system is part of a strategic partnership between the company and Babson Diagnostics aimed to advance the development of the Babson Better Way blood testing ecosystem. All right. Thank you, Sean. Next, uh, I think we have some more diabetes news, right? That's right. Some big news as Medtronic has terminated its agreement to acquire EOFlow. The MedTech giant axed the deal to acquire the South Korea-based insulin patch pump maker, a deal that was worth nearly three quarters of a billion dollars. Breaking up is uh, hard to do. Can you uh, can you remind us about this uh, the acquisition? You know, what were they planning? Uh, what were they going to do? Yeah, so Medtronic had agreed to acquire EOFlow and its wearable disposable patch pump device for $738 million in May of this year. EOFlow's EO patch has regulatory clearance in Korea and Europe, and the company had submitted for FDA clearance at the start of this year. So Medtronic looked poised to enter the patch pump market, currently dominated by Insulet, until obviously this decision to nix the deal. What was uh, Medtronic's reasoning for terminating the agreement? I'm guessing it wasn't uh, one of those cases of, uh, you know, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Certainly not. The company cited multiple breaches of the agreement with EOFlow. And while we don't have any further detail stated from the company, there were suggestions from analysts that perhaps patent suits filed by Insulate against EOFlow, some legal battles ongoing, could have played a part in this deal falling apart. We really don't know. It's only speculation. Medtronic's official statement said the company had the right to terminate the deal and did so. And it understands how important choice is for the diabetes community. The company continues to advance innovation that help make living with diabetes easier in the ways that customers need and want. All right. What kind of ripples is this news uh, sending out through, you know, Medtronic and its competitors in the insulin delivery market? So as mentioned before, Insulet leads that patch pump market. Tandem actually recently entered it with its own Moby pump. So they'll benefit from the collapse of the Medtronic acquisition, you'd have to expect. Analysts say the news solidifies Insulet's monopolistic position in the insulin patch pump space and highlights the strength of its patent portfolio. It's also worth noting that Medtronic mentioned in its statement that it has its own patch pump in the product pipeline. So this was separate from the EO flow patch pump that they expected to bring to market when this acquisition was still on, adding to its existing insulin delivery technology. So I wouldn't say this is necessarily a crushing blow to that area of the company's business, but certainly a setback. Yeah, and I was poking around yesterday trying to find some information about just how big this termination fee could be, but uh, no luck so far. And uh, I'm sure it's significant, though. And uh, if there ends up being a fight, uh, I know uh, you'll be uh, you'll be on the news. So thanks for uh, keeping an eye on this one. What's the uh, last story we're going to talk about today? Edwards is planning to spin off its critical care business. The company outlined plans for future growth, and that includes making its critical care unit a standalone business. Another spinoff. So uh, why did Edwards decide that they're going to spin this uh, business off? Well, Edwards says that the tax-free spinoff of the critical care business enables it to sharpen its focus on expanded opportunities in cardiovascular and surgical areas, singling out 
transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVR, as well as transcatheter mitral and tricuspid therapies, or TMTT, and surgical. company also plans to invest more in interventional heart failure technologies, while it says the SPIN enables increased focus and flexibility for the critical care unit as it stands alone on its own. Any word yet on who's going to be leading this uh, critical care business or um, what this new standalone company is going to do? So a longtime figure at the at the top of the critical care unit at Edwards, Katie Simon, the corporate VP of critical care since 2015, will lead the new company as CEO when the spin completes. And the critical care business will continue to offer a full range of smart monitoring technologies while it looks to advance these AI-enabled solutions. All right. So they spin this off. They focus in other areas at Edwards. What uh, more can you say about those areas and the direction of Edwards business going forward? Key points announced by Edwards include the expectation of U.S. approval for its Evoke tricuspid valve by mid-2024, device 1CE mark in October, so the company also plans to kick off European commercialization efforts for next year. The company also anticipates CE mark for its Sapien M3 TMTT device by the end of 2025 and plans to complete early enrollment in an aortic stenosis treatment trial in early 2024. Additionally, TAVR data is expected to be presented at TCT 2024, and the company wants to continue expanding its Pascal commercialization in the US and Europe. So certainly plenty of things to do despite getting rid of the critical care business. And uh, if my math is correct, that's five stories. So it seems like that's all the news we have for today. It is, but you can read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. And we uh, we are both very active online as well. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn at Jim Hamran. So connect with me there. Follow me there. What about you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Excellent. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us next week for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.